Section 26 of Shakespeare Identified. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Craig Kenneth Bryant. Shakespeare Identified in Edward de Vere by J. Thomas Looney, father of Edward de Vere. Edward de Vere, 17th Earl of Oxford, was born at Earl's Colne in Essex in the year 1550, being the only son of John de Vere, 16th Earl of Oxford. His mother was Margaret, daughter of John Golding and sister of Arthur Golding, the translator of Ovid. His father died at Earl's Colne in the year 1562 and was buried at Castle Headingham in Essex, and the future poet became a royal ward at the age of twelve. As this fact of his being a royal ward furnished the starting point of an argument with a remarkable culmination. We ask for the reader's special attention to it now. Earl's Colne and Castle Headingham in Essex, we may suppose, are probably destined to attain an unexpected notoriety when the purpose of this work has been achieved. As we have every reason to believe that the influence and memory of de Vere's father were important factors in the poet's life, and add an element to our evidences of identification, it is necessary to point out certain facts concerning him. The article in the Dictionary of National Biography dealing with John de Vere, 16th Earl of Oxford, mentions him as a man greatly honoured in his country, and highly respected, especially by his tenantry, from which we may infer a habit of direct personal intercourse with them, and a kindly attention to their interests. He was also a keen sportsman, being evidently noted as such. To a lad of twelve, a father of this kind is an ideal. His qualities appear much more powerfully to the lad's admiration than more distinguished or exceptional powers would do, and especially in the case of an intensely affectionate nature, like that of Edward de Vere's, to which his poetry bears unquestionable testimony. One can easily conceive of them forming the basis of a genuine comradeship between the two. When, therefore, we find that the father, who left large estates, nominated the boy in his will as one of his executors, it is impossible to doubt that the relationship between them was warm and intimate. The loss of such a father, with the complete upsetting of his young life that it immediately involved, must have been a great grief to one so sensitively constituted. We may naturally suppose, then, that the figure of a hero father would live in his imagination, and the reader of Shakespeare, who has missed this note of father-worship in the great dramas, has been found wanting in serious attention to their finer contents. The greatest play of Shakespeare's, Hamlet, has father-worship as its prime motive. He was a man, take him for all in all, I shall not look upon his like again. Or what could be more striking than the opening passages of All's Well That Ends Well? Countess, in delivering my son from me I bury a second husband. Bertram, and I in going, madam, weep o'er my father's death anew, but I must attend his majesty's command, to whom I am now in ward, evermore in subjection. Countess, be thou blessed, Bertram, and succeed thy father in manners as in shape. Thy blood and virtue contend for empire in thee, and thy goodness share with thy birthright. Then in the second scene, when Bertram is brought before the king, he is addressed thus. King, thy father did look far into the service of the time and was discipled of the bravest. It much repairs me to talk of your good father. So like a courtier, contempt nor bitterness were in his pride, or if they were, his equal had awaked them. Who were below him he used as creatures of another place, 
and bowed his eminent top to their low ranks, making them proud of his humility. In their poor praise he humbled. Such a man might be a copy to these younger times. In addition to the special point we are now emphasizing, and the startling correspondence in so many details to the actual circumstances of Edward de Vere, especially that of the royal wardship, is it possible to conceive of these lines being penned by anyone but an aristocrat, in close connection with royalty, and dominated by the feudal ideals of noblesse oblige? The latter part of the quotation, so suggestive of the reputation borne by Edward de Vere's father following upon a passage descriptive of the actual position of the son, affords a strong presumption that, if the writer was not Edward de Vere, he at any rate had that nobleman in his mind as the prototype of Bertram. The last sentence bespeaks not only the aristocrat, but also a man who felt out of touch with the new and less chivalrous order then emerging from the Protestant middle classes, where individualism and personal ambition were less under the discipline of social principles than in the best manifestations of the departing feudal ideals. As in dealing with the early life of Oxford, we shall have to notice throughout the remarkable parallelism between him and Bertram and all's well, it is important to bear in mind that very many of the personal details are original to Shakespeare's play, and do not form part of Boccaccio's story upon which the central episode is based. All's well might indeed be compendiously described as Boccaccio's story plus the early life of Edward de Vere. End of section 26. Recording by Craig Kenneth Bryant.